Jesus, God, no. That is the beginning of the final scene from The Graduate, where Dustin Hoffman, Zan Bancroft, I believe, that he goes in and he wants to uh, interrupt the wedding, if I'm not mistaken, or is it Catherine Ross? Either way, Greg Mackling, Brett McGarry with you, and we're going to talk about wedding etiquette and a breach of etiquette. Some would say dramatic breach of wedding etiquette right off the bat here, a story that we will share with you right off the bat. And then we're going to talk about scams and getting scammed between two and three o'clock and uh, visit with an outstanding graduate of the University of Manitoba, speaking of graduates. Brett, this story from this wedding ceremony uh, has fueled some outrage online and in the Twitterverse, to say the least. The headline, bride and groom outraged after officiant proposes during wedding ceremony. This is, I'm sure you've, if you've been to a wedding at all in the last five years, you've probably noticed the, tr- the growing trend of getting someone close to you to officiate your wedding ceremony. I, I can't remember the last time I went to a wedding where it was just like uh, justice of the peace or somebody who did this professionally. You know, like if I was getting married and said, hey, Greg, you want to officiate my ceremony? And then Greg signs up for something online and for 24 hours or whatever it is, he has the the power, the by the power invested in him by Johnny Lunchpail's website. <laughs> I'd be honored, man. <laughs> so at this particular wedding... This is so weak. Globalnews.ca uh, <laughs> story. Weddings are supposed to be a moment to celebrate the union and love of one couple. So what's with other couples capitalizing on this day to stage proposals of their own? Is it romantic or just plain inappropriate? It's a debate that's been raging for quite some time in wedding circles. However, the discussion was recently reignited after an advice column appeared on Slate.com. The dilemma presented was of a bride who was angry that their best man, who was also their wedding officiant, decided to blindside her and her groom when he interrupted their ceremony to propose to his girlfriend. Classless lout. Needless to say, social media had a lot to say about the alleged move made by the best man. And Greg, perhaps you can read some of these tweets. (laughs) I'd like to. If I had them here. Where are they here? Here we go. I I pray that the idea of proposing at my wedding never pops into anyone's head because Lord knows I'm going to make a scene. If you steal the spotlight by proposing to your girl at my wedding, I'm showing up to yours and re-proposing to my wife all over again. Josie says, proposing at someone's wedding is not beautiful or cute. It's blatantly disrespectful. Didn't think. Didn't think. By the way, it's spelled D-I-N-T. Didn't think an explanation is needed. And Cobra says, I think proposing at a wedding is the most inconsiderate thing. A couple of example tweets. Now, there does not seem to be a consensus in sight online on the heated topic, but for wedding planner and expert Crystal Adair Bentley of Distinct Occasions in Toronto, it all depends on the couple and situation, and we're going to speak with an expert on this very thing coming up in mere moments. 
Now, uh, before you go, as the article goes on to say, before you go to go running to a marrying couple to spill your plans and ask for permission to pop your question, it's best if you think up of a more original proposal idea that is tailored to your partner. That way, the memory of your proposal will be more meaningful and rich. Because seriously, who's to say your partner will even being will even be enjoy being proposed to at someone else's wedding? I don't know that. I have not been to a wedding, Greg, where this has been a a thing. However, the idea of, I think it, for me personally, I think the idea of doing anything like this, whether it's proposing during the reception or particularly, especially the ceremony, that, I just think it taints the whole thing. If you go to a wedding, you're there to celebrate two people. You're not even supposed to wear, as a woman, wear white to a wedding in fear of upstaging the bride. There are all these subtle rules that have been in place for a long time, and I understand that convention being what it is changes over time, but there are some things that you just don't just don't mess with. And this would be right at the top of the list, if you ask me. And uh, Michaela has just texted us to find out, did she say yes? <laughs> Actually, you know what? I don't think it says. I don't know. Uh, I, I will have to look that one up. That's a great question, Michaela. While we're while I begin searching for that, we have someone on the line. In the meantime, she is the president of High Style Impression Impression Management. Pardon me, can't read. President of High Style Impression Management. Her name is Courtney Feldman. She joins us live on six eighty CJOB. Courtney, thank you so much for calling in. What is your reaction to this situation? <laughs> The situation, yes. Well, I my bottom line is I think it's very rude. I um, although when I read the article, to be honest, I wasn't completely surprised or or thrown back by by it. You know, I think we see we see more and more. We're seeing more and more of this 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 attitude of only thinking about myself and uh, this kind of lack of common sense or or good manners, even you could say. But um. I think the solution to it is the civility, introducing this concept of civility and a big piece of civility is being aware of others and how your actions impact those around you. So, Do you think that's the yeah. biggest issue here, Courtney, is this idea of it's all about me, me, me? Well, it, it did. It was what the first thing that kind of popped in my head. Did, did this did he even think about how the bride and groom were going to take this? Did he think about the guests? Or or more importantly, as I was reading it, and, and I think you just mentioned it there, that what about this future fiancé? What was she going to think about it? Did uh, And, yeah, did she even say yes? And did he think about what, what would she think about being proposed to at somebody else's wedding? So, so, Courtney, the article makes reference to the fact that this is a debate that's been raging for quite some time in wedding circles. So is this becoming... A larger trend where people are going to weddings and using that night as a or that day as a springboard for their own future wedding. Well, I think you know people you know get caught up in the in the moment and the celebration and and the the whole, everything the ambiance everything that um, comes along with the with the with these celebrations. But I think that it's important to take a step back and. Um, and to not even, I know the article mentioned to, um, you know, you could ask, uh, ask permission, but <laughs> I even think that is, you know, even just they ask, you're, you're putting them in the, the situation that um, is really not considerate. Well, yes, somebody comes to you and says, hey, do you mind if I do this? You're going to yeah. feel like the tool when you go, well, actually, 
Uh, you're not very kind for asking us in the first place, so the answer is no. You're going to be put mm-hmm. in an awfully awkward situation and maybe even feel the pressure to falsely or in a, in a fake sort of fashion get excited about yeah. this idea. So it's putting somebody whose day is uh, monumental in their life and, and asking them, do you mind if I share the spotlight with you? Exactly. Yeah. And then they may feel as though they need to start to make considerations for you and kind of amend or change their plans to accommodate you. And I think it could snowball really quickly. And I just don't think you should even go there in the first place. Courtney, how do you think the bride and groom should have reacted? It sounds like they were cordial about it in civil, but how do you think that they should have reacted? This guy that they entrusted to officiate their wedding decides to hijack the proceedings for his own personal gain and kind of ruins their their life-changing moment. So how do you think they should have reacted? Well, I think at the, at the moment you you just get through the moment and I think you just try to you move you move forward and uh uh get through that moment and move on with the day, but I I absolutely I would address it after uh, perhaps not at the, not at that exact time, but it's definitely worth a conversation just to talk about so that the, this individual knows the significance and, and how you feel about it, and uh, it definitely warrants a follow-up conversation. I know you talk about civility, uh, Courtney, and this this idea of confronting someone with, so, with with something they've done that makes you feel awkward or is clearly a violation of some sort of human code. Uh, for a lot of us, that idea is as awkward as it comes, approaching someone with a situation that either needs to be stopped, altered, or 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 not take place in the first place. So how do we deal with those uncomfortable conversations? Have you got some advice for us on that front? Mm, that's a good question. Um for the take take social cues, you know, in terms of timing, when to have this conversation. Um, you want to make sure that it's an appropriate time, whether that's privacy. You don't want to have these conversations when emotions are running high. Take time to take time to think about it, think through the situation, think about what you're say. Um, in terms of little little tips, I can pass on. In terms of language, you don't want to throw everything on. You 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 did this. You did that. You're making me do this. Um, be considerate and think about how it's impacting you uh, to start the conversation and use the word I. And little things like that can go a long way. You can diffuse the situation or take time to think about it so that your thoughts are um, can be put together. Now, Courtney, with uh, High Style Impression Management, I'm just looking at the website right now, highstyleimage.com, and uh, there's a spot here on the homepage that says Impressions Matter. Uh, high-style impression management professionals. So from a, a professional standpoint, if I'm just there at this wedding and I see this person who has been entrusted with this task decide to railroad it and be completely unprofessional, right, in that moment, what does that say about that person's character? Yes, I would say he did not make a good first impression. <laughs> yeah, he's... Um... I think it speaks volumes, how you present yourself and how you're acting in these situations uh, speaks, as you just said, to your character, to your credibility, to your trustworthiness, all um, big, significant issues that uh, and that affect future relationships going forward. Well, 
Courtney, you joined us on very short notice, so uh, thank you for doing that. We appreciate this. Is there anything you wanted to get to on the story we didn't get around to? Because I sort of wanted to ask you quickly as well, just this idea of making sure that you don't upstage the presenter, whether it's at a, you know, one of these uh, large uh, conventions, or you don't want to upstage the wedding couple, certainly at a wedding or at other events where you are a guest it's not about you uh, mm-hmm. is this something that that we need to be uh, aware of maybe you do it inadvertently mm-hmm. yeah you know i had a couple couple things tips i was thinking about you know when when we first uh, we first connected that uh, you know there's often this speech or this toast that you make as an attendee or as an a guest if you're asked to make a speech or a toast do make sure that you are actually toasting and uh, speaking to the bride and groom. I know we've all sat through speeches and toasts where they go on and on about their life and their journey. Uh, but to, that it is to keep in mind and to remember that why you're being asked to make this. Um, it can be as simple as also respecting the invitation. That means don't showing up, don't show up with an unexpected guest, whether this is a, a new partner or a child that's in your life. Um, understand that considerable time and energy and effort has gone into these decisions regarding budgets and venue restrictions and and again even just to make that call to call in that favor and to make that ask you're putting um that bride or groom or that host or hostess in a in a situation where maybe uh you don't you do i would advise you not to put them in um there's also like you said the image that you're projecting at does at a wedding all eyes are on the bride and it's their day so uh, think about how what image you're projecting when you go to these events or whether it be in your professional life as well. Take into consideration, well, whether it's the occasion or the venue or in re- regarding a, a wedding, that bride has put considerable time and effort and energy into formulating a style or a look and a theme. So make sure that you're not standing out for all the wrong reasons on, on that end of things too. Courtney, thanks very much. There's a saying, know the room. Yeah, exactly. Know the room. Yeah. Courtney, thank you for sharing this with us. We appreciate it very much. Great. Take care. Courtney Feldman is president of High Style Impression Management. Once again, the website is highstyleimage.com. And Michaela, I have an answer to your question. Did she say yes? I dug out the original post from slate.com and we'll read you a chunk of that after your forecast, which is coming up next. It's for Great West Life, a proud premier sponsor of the 2017 Canada Summer Games and presenting sponsor of the volunteer program. Sign up to volunteer at 2017canadagames.ca. Mix of sun and cloud and a high of 24 degrees today. Tonight, clearing sky, low of 14. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and a high of 27. Friday, mostly sunny and a high once again of 27 degrees. Right now it's 22 outside 680 CJOB, and we've got some breaking weather information as we speak. We know we have lots of Winnipeggers who travel down to Fargo and Grand Forks, North Dakota. Tristan Field-Jones joins us in studio now. What's happening in uh, and outside of Grand Forks right now, Tristan? Yeah, well, this is uh, uh, certainly noteworthy here. Tornado warning has just been issued for the Grand Forks area. Apparently, uh, they've confirmed a tornado on the ground there. Uh, now, uh, this was issued just minutes ago, according to the information I've got here. Uh, that's really all we have at the moment. They are suggesting that there's radar indicated rotation and some confirmed uh, uh, so, uh, sightings of this as well. Uh, and then, Greg, I will say this, based on the atmospheric conditions for the area, 
Uh, it doesn't, uh, this would be probably what we'd refer to as a landspout tornado. So these come from uh, kind of weak thunderstorms or clouds uh, that are growing quickly. And we see these pretty frequently, especially during the summer. And it's they're a little bit different compared to your regular tornadoes that come from powerful, severe thunderstorms uh, and the ones that can cause a lot of damage. These ones are uh, generally weaker, uh, and that would be my hunch because the atmospheric conditions, as far as I know, are not conducive to uh, uh, to those violent tornadoes that we would see. So I would hazard a guess that this would be a landspout, but again, limited information available at this moment. All we do know is that there is a tornado warning in effect for the Grand Forks area. Tristan Field-Jones, our severe weather specialist here at 680 CJOB. I'm Greg. He is Brett. We've been talking about this wedding snafu. Bride and groom outraged after officiant proposes during wedding ceremony. And Brett, you've been doing some more homework after Michaela wanted to know, well, did she say yes or not? So the original post in this was on Slate.com. It was an advice column. And she writes to Dear Prudence... My husband and I started dating, got pregnant, had a child, moved in together, bought a house, and got a dog in that order. Our friends and family have asked us for years why we weren't married yet. We always pushed it off to build better lives. We've done really well for ourselves and finally reached a point where we could afford a huge blowout wedding to celebrate our lives with everyone we know and love. My husband's best friend, John, was the best man slash efficient. The setting was beautiful. Everyone seemed happy. Our families were overjoyed. My mom may have used the phrase hallelujah a few dozen times. The entire atmosphere felt moving. So moving, in fact, that John stopped mid-ceremony to propose to his longtime girlfriend, let's call her Jane, and reveal her pregnancy. (laughs) I couldn't even hear the vows my husband wrote or the rest of the ceremony over the noise of Jane's Happy sobs. Her very surprised family, who were also guests, and people seated nearby congratulated her. Even the videographer cut to her frequently during the ceremony, and you can't hear everything, anything over the chatter. When John gave his toast, he apologized for being caught up in the moment and then proceeded to talk about he and Jane's future with nary a mention of us. I can send you the link if you want to read the rest of this. We do need a pause. Former best friend, I suspect. I hope. I, I have spoken at many weddings, and I would never consider doing anything like that. Shameful. Coming up to Global News at one thirty on 680 CJOB. We are deep in the heart of commencement season and graduation season and high school. Greg Mackling, Brett McGarry with you. Uh, we won't say what level of education we graduated with and at what standing in the class. At least I'm not prepared to say. Really? Yeah, I'm not prepared to say. Uh, but I we dropped are... out after three years of university. You're so proud. I, I didn't last quite as long in university. Uh, <laughs> we are so honored to have with us winner of the Governor General's Gold Medal for Outstanding Achievement at the Graduate Level, this at the University of Manitoba, Jean Polfest. She's now PhD. Lieber Eero Post- Postdoctoral Fellow joins us now, and she is in the Northwest Territories. Uh, Jean, thank you very much for joining us, and congratulations on your Governor General's Gold Medal. This must be very rewarding for you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Jean, I just want to, before we move past anything else here, I want to stop for a moment on that, that title, the Lieber Arrow. First of all, did we even say that correctly? 
I think that's that's pretty much it. I also was struggling with how to pronounce it. <laughs> what is Thank it? goodness um, for that. <laughs> yeah. What does it mean? It means it means to be free in Latin. Oh, so. okay. I thought so. Yeah. It doesn't mean it, it doesn't translate into super smart or anything like that. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, clearly you are based on what you're doing. So thank you so much for, for joining us today. And one of the things that was pointed out to us uh, in, in particular interest is that you will not be attending convocation. So why is that? Yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed I won't be able to make it, but I live in a remote community in the Northwest Territories. It's a fly-in community um, of about 500 people mostly um, Dene, First Nation, and Métis. And it's it's a long trip, and I also I have a seven-month-old baby, so it wasn't in the cards for this, this commencement. Your story is absolutely amazing. And how do you pronounce the name of the town in, uh, up, up north in the Northwest Territory? It's Toledo. Okay. And so this is a fly-in uh, community, and what are you doing up there? So um, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to um, come to Toledo and live here during my uh, graduate work at the University of Manitoba, um, and I study caribou. And what we worked on with the communities is looking at caribou variation, so how different caribou are related to each other or different. And we did that through a combination of population genetics. So we looked at the caribou scat, that's the poop, um, and we had community members help us pick it up and bring it in during the winter. And we analyzed that for the genetics, which is on the outside coating of those little pellets, kind of like rabbit pellets. So if you're working with poop, at least it's it's a nice kind. <laughs> and then we also worked with people on understanding their traditional knowledge and the long history of the relationship between Dene people and caribou, which is really strongly reflected in their language. Now, Jean, uh, I understand that prior to graduating from the University of Manitoba, you already had graduated from somewhere else. Is that correct? Yeah, I have a master's in wildlife biology from the University of Montana. So what ended up leading you to the University of Manitoba? Well, I was um, I was really interested in caribou, so I had done my master's working in northern British Columbia um, with the Taku River Clinket First Nation, um, studying caribou in their traditional territory as well. And I was looking to continue my research, and I um, was lucky enough to have the opportunity to come to Winnipeg and meet Dr. Michelin Manso, who was my um, primary advisor, and her philosophy and um, interdisciplinary work with First Nations and Inuit um, across the North was what really inspired me. Um, her passion for excellence and in research and and really kind of pushing the bar for how we can work and be and do collaborative research um, with community members. So it was really what um, drew me to the University of Manitoba, and and I think I I've definitely lucked out a lot of the research that you do for a PhD really depends on having a strong support from your committee and your advisor. And um, I really don't think I could have had a better advisor for this process. She really supported me. And I think that that made all the difference in being able to do some really important research. 
Joining us from Tulate in the Northwest Territories is Jean Polfus. She is winner of the Governor General's Gold Medal for Outstanding Achievement at the graduate letter uh, level. Now, PhD, those letters behind her name. How do you balance, this is maybe the most fascinating part of your story to me, how do you balance the fact you have a seven-month-old and your studies and now doing this graduate and postgraduate work? So um, I think that getting pregnant was good motivation to finish my PhD. So um, I got pregnant towards the end and had a bit of writing to do in and, and early pregnancy, and, and I was fortunate enough to have a a pretty easy uh, pregnancy and no complications, which you never know, but um, I'm very fortunate and uh, I defended um, at about 36 weeks. So, and he was born a bit early. So I uh, was, was uh, managed to, to fit it in and make it work for me. But um, I have a lot of respect for academic moms, um, any mothers out there who are trying to either be professors, do their graduate research. Um, it is a lot of work, and I, I have a lot of support behind me. My husband is uh, lives here in Toledo with me and, um, and really helps a lot. And I'm on maternity leave right now. So you mentioned defended, and for the uninitiated, that means defend your thesis, I'm assuming? Yes, correct. So uh, the last little bit of um, finishing up uh, a PhD is to go in front of your committee and an audience and um, give a presentation and then answer questions um, from your committee in public um, as they go around the table and kind of grill you for uh, not an insignificant amount of time, a couple hours. So it's it's a pretty big ordeal that we that we finish with. And um, I traveled back to to Winnipeg at the university and did that in October last year. And how did that go? It, it went, you know, the lead up to it was <laughs> a lot more um, stressful than the actual event. Once you get going, um, if you know your stuff, uh, the the good thing about finishing up five years of research is that it, pretty much I I am the expert in my dissertation, the thesis that I wrote. So um, once once the questioning started, I kind of got into a zone, maybe. Don't remember all of the questions that went through, but uh, was able to answer them. <laughs> yeah. Jean, Jean Polfus is our guest. She is PhD, Lieber Arrow Postdoctoral Fellow. She is a University of Manitoba graduate, winner of the Governor General's Gold Medal for Outstanding Achievement at the graduate level. Now, you mentioned that before the U of M, you graduated from the University of Montana with a master's degree. Before that, you graduated from... Dartmouth College in Hanover, New Hampshire, which is an Ivy League university. You graduated, and I'm going to attempt to say this because I've heard this term a thousand times, but as I look at it, is it summa cum laude? Yes, yep, that sounds right. What and that? I actually don't remember what that stands for, <laughs> but it's an honor. <laughs> okay, uh, so how many years have you been in post-secondary education? Yeah, I should have, uh, something like 21 or 22 years, (laughs) well, starting, that's all the education I've had. It's, it's been my entire life and, um, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a change, but see now after you even finish all this research for, uh, uh, your PhD, you, you now often do postdocs. So they kind of keep you going. And so I have this, um, amazing fellowship, which is the Liebert Euro postdoctoral fellowship, which, 
is a um, private um, organization that does concert that supports um, early career scientists doing conservation work in Canada. And uh, four of those are awarded every year. So I'm uh, really lucky to be in, in that group and, and have um, some amazing colleagues um, to that we do trainings with uh, twice a year to, to help support the work that we're going to continue to do up here in Toledo. Now, Brett's eyes just about fell out of his head. So I know what he was thinking when you said 21 years. Are you talking from grade school to now 21 yeah. years? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Because we were doing the math. We were thinking she doesn't sound like she's in her 40s, but uh, okay, <laughs> if, if that's the way it is. So what's in the future plans? Is your husband, now I understand you're from Wisconsin originally. Have you got any Manitoba ties? Is there any way we're getting you back here? What are your plans for the next few years? Well, I've been extremely drawn to the North, um, so you never know. I'm going to be applying for, for positions um, in academia and government over the next couple of years. I haven't really uh, decided yet, but I'll have my options open, and I would love to continue to work in Northern Canada, where I, I've just been really amazed and inspired by the unique blend of um, culture cultures and complex ecosystem dynamics in the north and just really interesting systems with with really big questions um, as we move forward with um, climate change and, and how the environment will be able to respond and how people how that will affect people's lives um, especially indigenous people um, so yeah I'm really interested to continue to work on that in the future well since we have you can you give us 90 seconds or two minutes on the relationship between the caribou and the Dene people, this has to be a big part of, of what you're looking at, This, uh, the way human beings in this part of the world interact with, with nature. Sure. So one of the most fascinating things is how Dene language um, is used to describe caribou. And there's different words for different kinds of caribou. So you have ekwe, which are barren ground caribou. This is the ones you would see on National Geographic, the huge herds. And then you have more sedentary caribou that live in small groups in the forest, and they're known as tonzi. And then in the mountains, you have shuta epe. So these caribou live in the, in the big Mackenzie Mountains, um, close to where I live. And people have different ways of hunting each of these types, and that's why their language reflects the differences, so that they're able to talk about, well, to hunt shuta epe, they have to do things differently than to hunt tonzi. And we found genetic differences between these types, and we were able to um, find genetic structure be- between the types. But one of the most interesting things is that Dene people also have a name for another type of caribou in the mountains called tenekrea, and these caribou have specific habits and, and maybe physical appearance that sets them apart. But in Western science, we don't, in the taxonomy of caribou, we don't actually have a name for them yet. So that will be something that we'll continue to work on with people. It just shows the depth of the knowledge and the relationship that, that um, Denny people have built over millennia, living and depending on caribou for their, their life. How close do you get to these various uh, caribou? Um, well, the one really great thing about our research was it was non-invasive, so um, we didn't actually have to disturb them very much. We just had to pick up their scat, what they left behind on the snow for us, little presents. Um, and But I have luckily had the opportunity to once in a while um, see caribou and also go with people hunting um, a little bit and get to have that experience as well, which is, is phenomenal when you get to see uh 
these the wildlife um, doing well in the natural environment. What a fascinating life you have, a fascinating story to tell. Uh, would you mind if we caught up with you again sometime, Jean? This is absolutely incredible stuff. And congratulations one more time on the recipient of being the recipient of the Governor General's Gold Medal for Outstanding Achievement at the graduate level this at the University of Manitoba. Thanks so much, Jean. Thank you so much for having me today. I'd be happy to chat again anytime. Great. We'll have you back sometime down the road. Jean Polfis was our guest. She is PhD, Lieber Eero Postdoctoral Fellow. She is a University of Manitoba graduate and a winner of the Governor's General Governor General's Gold Medal for Outstanding Achievement at the Graduate Level. Uh, she is currently in the Northwest Territories. She's also graduated from the University of Montana with a master's degree. And before that, she graduated from Dartmouth College in Hanover, New Hampshire, which is an Ivy League university. So there's a slightly larger brain, I think, in her head than and the one, at least of the one that is conducting the voice you're hearing right now. Here's the thing. <laughs> One of my favorite broadcasters is Colin Coward, and he says, uh, you know, really, I won't bring anyone on my show, his show, that's not smarter than me. That's really quite simple for the two of us, I think. And it was very much exemplified <laughs> in that conversation with Jean. A brilliant woman. I felt a little bit better when she didn't really know, know what summa cum laude means. So, uh we have a reprieve, at least on that one question. Yeah, I think she said it, it means basically means graduated with honors. So, Gene, thank you so much for your modesty and your honesty. And your forecast is coming up next. Have you recuperated from our conversation with Gene? Oh, yeah. Have you pumped yourself up back again? And Oh, to the, to the fact that I am clearly not an intellectual match for her. Yeah. I, I didn't say that, but yes. That's that's what I was suggesting. But yeah, of course, yeah, she was great. Such modesty. Uh, Wisconsin-born. She's gone to a whole bunch of schools. An Ivy League school. That's pretty cool. And uh, graduated with uh, serious honors from the University of Manitoba. The Governor General's Gold Medal for Outstanding Achievement at the graduate level. And now she's working up in the Northwest Territories with Caribou. Just uh, as you pointed out, a fascinating life for this young woman who can't even attend her convocation because she is caring for her seven-month-old baby. And is up living up in the middle of nowhere, although it sounds absolutely beautiful, up in the Mackenzie Mountains. And uh, obviously this time of year, as it does here, it changes so quickly, so dramatically. I had ro roommates that used to work up in the Yukon at uh, different resorts, and they said that you think it changes quickly. We were living in the Okanagan Valley at the time. And you think it changes from winter to spring to summer quickly here. Up there, it happens almost overnight. It really? feels at times. very can be very mild in Yukon in particular. Northwest Territories, not as lucky. Uh, but that's on my bucket list, man. I love to drive the Alaska Highway and go up and see uh, the Mackenzie River and uh, Whitehorse and the Yukon and maybe even go to Yellowknife. It would be spectacular to see that part of the world. Yeah, the uh, there's so much to see just in our own backyard. And I know our own backyard is huge. It, yes. It's impossible. The to, second largest backyard on the planet, yeah, in fact. Impossible to see everything, but there's always, that for many, the, the idea of going on vacation involves leaving Canada, leaving the continent even often to see Europe or whatever. And I would just, if I... 
if I won, we joked last week about winning the $55 million. I'd mm-hmm. like to take six months to just try to see as much of Canada as possible. But even, I don't think you could, yeah, I think you could spend your whole life trying to explore a country and not see come close to seeing it all. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating place we live. Uh, by the way, later on this afternoon, we'll speak with the woman who's walking across Canada. The Trans-Canada Highway, more or less. We'll visit with her. We'll find out why she's doing that. And on the other side of information, global news and weather at the top of the hour with Brett McGarry, we're going to talk about scams. And do you ever mess around with the scammers? You know that they're scamming you. There's a problem with your PC, sir. Mm. Hmm. Oh, tell me a little bit more about this problem. There's not a single PC in my house. We're all Mac, right? <laughs> Tell me about this problem. And then, they, you know, they'll insist that they that they have uh, a fault indicator somewhere in their system that yeah. you need to update this and update that. Oh, yeah, I'll waste as much of their time as, as I've possibly got to waste of my own. They never get on the line. That whenever they, I answer the phone from one of the numbers that clearly is bogus, there is kind of a pause and then click. I think they can just tell, no, this, this one's not going to work. When you don't I, smell like a fish? Well, when I answer, hello, this is Brett. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're just going to move on. Drop the call. <laughs> Drop the call. This is not a live one. Global News coming up next. 2.05. Greg and Brett with you until 4 o'clock. Gorgeous day. Like, just that perfect temperature. My mom used to say 23 was her favorite temperature. Don't know why. She just didn't like it too hot. Didn't like it too cool be a great day to be golfing and do you mind if i just uh, take uh 20 seconds here to send my regrets and a shout out to my uh my friend steve worth he owns uh, perfect landscaping and today is the third annual michael worth memorial tournament in honor of steve's late brother mike and i just uh had been there the last couple of years was honored to be the mc at the dinner following the golf tournament and obviously i am here this afternoon and cannot be out with friends, family, and uh, colleagues of Steve to celebrate Mike's life. So I just wanted to acknowledge that and uh, send all my best best to the Worth family and everyone uh, golfing out at Rossmere, remembering Mike today. I have never played at Rossmere. It's a great course to play. Yeah. yeah, you'd enjoy that. I would like. To, is it uh, semi-private? I believe uh, that sounds familiar. I don't know. I've only been there for tournaments, so I've never done a you know an actual walk-on round or anything. I'll investigate that and. I think it is. I think it's open to the public, but probably has restrictions, much like St. Boniface does. I believe I'm going off the top of my head. I've never been to either of those clubs. If but, you know, uh, shoot us a text, 780-6868. If you've been to Rossmere, we'd love to hear from you and what the rules are in terms of whether or not uh, they let rubes like Brett and I on the course <laughs> and at what time we're allowed to come on and maybe how much around is. We'd love to... Uh, Check out that track in the middle of East Kildona. It's a really kind of a neat place for a golf course. Like Niaqua, it's unreal to be in the middle of the city and realize that you're in this vast uh, green acreage uh, whacking around a golf ball. It's it's a kind of a neat place to do it. Yeah, that's no, I would like to, should check it out, especially if it's not all that far from your neck of the woods there. So let's do that sometime okay, soon. Okay, put that on the list. Um, how often do you get, you mentioned that people don't really mess with you off the telephone, but on the telephone, you seem to have that imposing voice. People don't want to mess around with you. But every once in a while, in fact, we just got rid of our landline because I think 90% of the phone calls we got were solicitation of some sort. And I think 90% of that 90% were scammers. Yeah. 
trying to pull something off. And uh, we finally had enough of it and found a, an alarm company that would work with our uh, cell service and off Wi-Fi, et cetera. And so now we don't have the landline, but now they're starting to phone my cell phone. Yep. They have figured out a way to get onto the cell phones. And for years now, I've been getting mystery calls from numbers, often very similar to my own. I'll say that my number starts with a 770, so then I often get calls from two, or I used to get calls from 204, 770, something or other. And I'd pick it up, and there would be silence, silence, and then click. Because I often will, whenever I see a number that I don't recognize, I'll say, hello, this is Brett. Or something along those lines. Good afternoon, Brett speaking. And if it is someone important or like someone from an actual business, hey, this is so-and-so from TD Canada Trust. Are you going to pay your bill or what? Oh, yes, 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 sir. Of course I'm going to get to that. <laughs> but if it's one of these, presumably these are scammers. And the latest iteration was a 431 area code. And it was the same number. And they would call five times a day. And then it would pick up, they would hang up, and then a couple of days would go by, and then I guess my number would end up back in the rotation somehow, and then they would just call, call, call. So I finally blocked that number, and now I'm getting the occasional call from another mystery number. So they know, but whenever they, I'm assuming that when I answer, there is someone there, they realize, no, let's just try another number. No, the one I mentioned that I get a lot has to do with uh, your Microsoft or your uh, you know, your PC is having issues. Well, I don't own a PC. So I'm not adverse to messing around with people and wasting their time. They want to waste my time. But the other scam or the big scam that I hear a ton about is the CRA scam. And that's the one where they will phone you, remind you or tell you that you owe a bunch of back taxes. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't pay them immediately, you're in a heap of trouble and it just so happens one way that you can take care of that is by going and buying a bunch of gift cards and then giving them the gift card numbers over the phone yeah yeah no you can't pay your taxes with gift cards cra does not do that there is never ever in a million years a way that they would ever do that so remind your friends old and young uh, because they obviously get people on this scam. And so one way you can fight back is by messing around with them. And I came across this video today where a guy living in the United States, it's obviously not C-R-A, it's the IRS, and he takes matters into his own hands fabulously. For which there is a lawsuit filed against you by the IRS, 3445 on paid tax. So what, what do you, do you guys just send me a check or, or how, how does it work? Sorry, sir. How, 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 do I, how do I get that payment from you? You go to IRS, sir. You need to pay, sir. It's uh, outstanding, sir. No, but I ordered a sit-down one. like a, like a, We're talking about a lawnmower, right? I, I'm confused. You said I, I, I was getting a stand-up. Uh, you said something about a standing up. But I ordered a sit-down. It's, it's a ride-on lawnmower. You outstanding. It's one of those that you sit on. I'm not, I don't want to stand on it. It's, it's one of those where you sit on the, on the lawnmower and you can mow your lawn back and forth while you're sitting on it and you drive it forward. Is that, am I not understanding? He's playing on outstanding, right, versus the sitting, which is great. This is so clever. The police officer will be at your place with the court summons, court subpoenas, and the arrest warrant. 
they will be handcuffed you they will be put you behind the bar for the next six months your property your house your only known bank account will be frozen from you seems a little weird that uh, i mean because i ordered it i ordered it like nine days ago i i mean i was told it was like four to seven days shipping so i mean i want to resolve it and i'm not sure what it's going to take to do that or what you need from me I, I thought it was paid for already it's supposed to come in a pretty large box and i never got a box i'm sitting here at the apartment i call i, I called my girlfriend and she said no maybe you should go wash your hands it's not here so I, i'm not uh, what i don't know what you need from me but i, I can't I, I don't want to freak out my dog if the if they show up to my house while while i'm not here the dog will be scared and he might eat up the box and then my lawnmower won't function so if you haven't caught on he's Pretending as though he's on a customer service call about a riding lawnmower that he says he's purchased. He's flipped the script on this scammer and is really going to town. His skills are pretty good. Yeah, he's really messing with this guy, and you can hear this scammer getting angry with him, slowly but surely. But he's sticking to the script. Yeah. I mean, he is really pushing hard on this. The scammer, you mean? The scammer. Yep, the police will be at your door soon if you don't go buy... Well, I don't think we've gotten to that yet, have we? Electronic federal tax payment system. Have you heard about DFTPS, sir? Yes. You heard about it? What does it mean, you know? Can you let me know? Yes. What yes? Well, you asked me. You Can asked me. You asked what me. What is the EFTPS? Yes. Well, it's the model. It's the it's the model number, right? I mean, I, I ordered the burgundy one. I told the other guy. It's not a model number, sir. Do you have a Target store nearby you? Yes. Almost there. I'm walking up to the door. One second. Let me transfer your call to the payment division. Okay, go inside and ask for a Target gift card. A Target gift card. So we're going to stop this for a second. Uh, you can hear. He said we're going to transfer you now to our payment department. So a second guy has come on. And is directing him, he's pretending that he has gone to Target to buy gift cards. So now the the payment guy has, a different guy has come on the phone and is trying to direct him, okay, this is the information we need. So they've edited this video because he's eventually on the phone for about 37 minutes. We're playing about seven minutes of the 37. Okay. You can ask for a Target gift card. One for, uh, you can load 2000 in one card and... The rest of the month, the fifteen hundred dollars you can load on the second card. Okay, I got the cards. You got the cards? Yeah. You are too cute, man. You are too cute. I am too cute. You have my picture. Yeah. Aw, thank okay. you. I'm not saying you you are too cute. I'm saying you you are too quick. Oh, I. Th- you are too fast. <laughs> I thought you said I was cute. No, you are not cute. What? You are a tax defaulter. I'm not cute at all. Yes, you are cute. But right now you are a fast departure. I am a fast departure. And give me that number. Now forgive me. I'm I'm a little bit um, massively dyslexic, so I just I, I this I have to go slow. Okay. Let me find a coin or something really quick. Hang on one sec. I gotta scratch it off. So you can imagine the okay, scammer it's... and his compatriots. Right, they're all around the phone. It's like we've got a live one. He's at the target. He's buying and has bought the gift cards. They're all with bated breath, right? Yeah. They're on the verge of raking in about 3500 American dollars. So there, I can just imagine the anticipation must be palatable. There was some jovial back and forth. Oh, you're cute. I'm cute. Oh, no, you're not cute. <laughs> kind of a cute little uh, discussion going on back and forth. 
Nine. Okay. Eight. Okay. Hold on. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. I'm so allergic to something in this target. It must be all the bullshit. No, it wasn't four. It was it was five seven seven six six, not four one five seven six six. Five one four five seven six six. Four seven eight. Two three four. Two three four seven eight. Nine five seven. That's it. No, and then it's nine five seven. That's it. No, and then there's a nine five seven. Yeah, that's what's on the bottom of the of the basket. It's it's on the barcode. I mean, I had to, I had to buy a lot of them because uh, you you said you wanted a Target gift bag. Right, and they come with these gift bags at the front. But to get thirty four hundred dollars worth, I had to buy like, you know, two thousand of them. So, is, is that going to work? How much you got it? How much you got it? Well, you 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 said you wanted a Target gift bag. No, not Target gift bag. I told you Target gift card. Target gift car. Well, they don't gift cars. What they have? Gift bags. They're like, they're b baskets and they have shampoo and candle. It's really pretty. I could send you a picture if you want. You know what else I could do? I could, ha I could hang up this call because you are an inbred mother piece of shit. Stop scamming people, you stupid, dumb son of a I'm glad I wasted 34 minutes of your time so you can't scam other people, you horrible mother How dare you? You should be Ashamed. How dare you scam people? Go get a real job. Wow, that's awful strong words for someone working for the IRS. So, the gig is up. Gift bags. And of course, now the gloves are off. We're going to pause and update the forecast. But where this goes next, I don't think anybody, unless you've seen this video already, could predict where the conversation goes, where the subject matter ends up as. We'll share that with you when we come back. I'm Greg. He is Brett. It's Mackling and McGarry. Hope you're having a fantastic afternoon. Curious if you mess around with the scammers on the telephone and maybe share with us some of your scam stories as we will talk about fraud right through until 3 o'clock. We will talk about how businesses get victimized as well. It's not just individuals as we continue with Mackling and McGarry straight through until 4 o'clock this afternoon. Brett? And we were running a video that Greg spotted on his Facebook, oddly enough, and it was, it's about a guy in the United States. He has received a call from somebody claiming to be from the IRS saying that he owes them $3,400 and that he needs to go to Target and buy $3,400 worth of gift cards. He is well aware that he has received a call from scammers, and he is messing with them, and he spent the first... It's a seven-minute video, so he's edited it down, and we've played most of it, and uh, he spent well over half an hour screwing around with these guys, trying to reel them in until he finally unloads on them and identifies the fact he knows who they are, and then things take a bit of a darker turn, and that's where we pick it up here. Get gift cards? Are you kidding me? You can't think of something more convincing than for me to pay off my IRS debt with a Target gift card? You're so f***ing stupid. You have a dog. I have a dog? Just exchange your positions with your dog. Yes, you, you have a dog. Did you just tell me to have relations with my dog? That's f***ing awesome. <laughs>
let's come to Pakistan, okay? Let's come to Pakistan. Oh, Pakistan's yeah. where you're calling from. Remember, we banged, we banged your uh, your tower, we banged your building. Remember that? We crashed a plane in your building. I think my father used to be Osama bin Laden. This is what's wrong with the world. This is what's wrong, is with, the wrong with the world. This is what's wrong with the world. This is not wrong. I'm glad that was 39 less minutes you could use to scam somebody. No, 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 no. I need only 10 minutes to scam anybody. It's now, I will make your life hell. I'm, com I'm coming to California tomorrow. Even your Barack Obama will not be able to catch me, sir. We will make you feel beggars. We will make you feel beggars. Because we are proud to be Pakistan. You are stealing money from innocent people who are gullible. And I'm that is despicable. That is despicable that you would go and steal money from old people, from innocent people, from gullible people. You're a piece of shit for it, and I really hope you find what it is that makes you happy. I hope you find what it is. I hope you get redemption, because when you meet God at the pearly gates of heaven, you're going to have to answer to this. And I wish I could watch it. So there you go. Started off funny with this guy... Mixing, pretending to mix, misunderstand what they're saying. He, he pretending to think that it was a customer service call, and he doesn't know where his riding lawnmower is. And then he says, "I've gone to gift or to Target to buy the gift bags, but I had to buy two thousand of them." And then he finally just says, "Okay, you guys, uh, I know who you are." And they say, "Oh, remember nine eleven? Yeah, when we banged your buildings." So that's just an example. There's actually, if you go onto YouTube, I went looking for the video after Greg told me about it, and there's an entire com YouTube community of people messing with these scammers, which is an indication of just how rampant these scammers are. Like I said, we get calls in the newsroom all the time from people who were contacted by the quote-unquote Canada Revenue Agency or the Winnipeg Police or whatever. There's something new every day, so you have to be careful. And they do tend to target the elderly, and often the elderly get taken by this kind of thing. But it's not just the elderly, as we'll hear in the next segment. A lot of businesses. That's right. And, it, and it's surprising how few people, if it's surprising how many victims there are in the business community, I think it's going to surprise you even more how often this fraud is reported. And that is key in the in the fraudsters game, in you being too proud to go to the police, to go to your friends, to go to your family and warn them and share what you've done and share how you've been victimized. We'll change gears somewhat and talk about how business is victimized by fraudsters on the other side of information. Brett McGarry with your latest global news and weather coming up next. We're talking scams and scammers and how you can deal with them. Some people kind of go gorilla on them. Not gorilla, but gorilla. Little gorilla marketing warfare. Good for the soul sometimes. We've got a text message here from Adam. He says, my wife and I get these calls all the time. We also take great pride in keeping them on the phone as long as possible to keep them from calling someone else. My wife has been called baby, honey, and sweetheart by these jerks. I myself have been called every name in the book, and I've also been told I was going to be killed by one individual. I've gone as far as when they leave a number on voicemail saying they are from CRA. I call back for an hour 
jerking them around. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate that. I'm Greg. He's Brett. We've been talking about and playing audio from this audio uh, from the video a couple of years old now from an individual in the States who messes around with these guys claiming to be from the IRS looking for 3400 bucks, and he does a brilliant job, and then the audio goes really, the conversation gets really nasty and, and really dark, but a great example of one way to mess with these guys uh, boy, did it go dark at the end there, though, Brett. It did. It uh, Because he kept him on the phone for over half an hour. I think 39 minutes is what he said when he finally revealed that he had been messing with them. And they thought that they had caught a fish. And it turns out they had not, and he had been wasting their time. So one of them says, remember when we banged your tower with a plane? Referencing to... 9/11 and the World Trade Center. And then the 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 call the guy on the phone says I think my father jokingly says joke to him at least I think my father was Osama bin Laden trying to just essentially say do his best to mess with this guy who's been messing with him. So it's just uh this is the kind of thing that you have to watch out for and it's the kind of anger that you receive like Adam receives once the scammers realize that you have been, that you're onto them and you've been onto them the entire time. But it's not just individual scams and there are individual scams all the time being reported, new scams, and there are ways that you can protect yourself against these frauds and we'll talk about that as well. But there is an example of business scams where right here in Manitoba, businesses are getting taken. Here's an example of a phone call they might receive. We have tried numerous times to contact you through mail and now by telephone regarding your Google listing webpage. This is your final notice. If you do not act soon, Google will label your business as permanently closed. Press 1 now to speak with me or another Google specialist. Did you know that 74% of your customers search online before making a purchase? If your Google listing is shut down, you will lose on all of those potential customers. It is critical that you, the business owner, take advantage of this rare opportunity to get ahead of your competition. Press 1 now to find out how to validate your free Google listing. This message applies to all business owners. If you are the business owner, press 1 now. Press 2 if this is not a business or you would like to be removed from our calling list. That actually came into our radio station. Yeah, that audio came from our boss who said when he heard it for about 11 seconds, he was like, oh my goodness, have I let this slip? Is this something I need to take care of? (laughs) Have I dropped the ball? And then he really kind of quickly realized, no, 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 this this is BS. This does not happen, and it does not happen. And so it got us to wondering, how many businesses are victimized by scams similar to this one? You can only imagine... Google's very important to every single business, whether you have a website or your hours of operation are just by default on their website and on their search engine. So we reached out to our friends at the um, uh, da, 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 da. Canadian jo- Federation of Thank Independent, you, Independent business. business. Jonathan Allward, Director of Provincial Affairs for Manitoba, joined us earlier. Today. So Jonathan, tell us a little bit about some of the phishing scams that, that come in and maybe we can start with this Google one that we just played the audio of 
and the things that Google states very clearly on its website that it does and doesn't do, and in particular, the things that it does not charge for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There are many. Google is certainly one of them, and we actually uh, get them calling at our own office, but uh, we're we're very aware of different scams that are out there, and we're very diligent, so we know um, to certainly avoid this call and, and many others. Google has published on their website different things that they won't do specifically. They'll never charge for inclusion uh, in Google's My Business or in a Google search. They'll never offer to improve your search ranking or manage your business's online profile. And they're never going to ask you for a password or verification code. So if you're aware of the things that Google itself says that it won't do, then it will really help you avoid um, possible complications with an organization that might be pretending to be someone they're not, which is something that happens, um, unfortunately, much too often. Um, We have business resource counselors that help with this, and we also do a lot of uh, research on fraud uh, among small businesses. And it's a huge problem that a lot of people don't realize. One in five businesses have been a victim of fraud just within the last year alone. One in five. That's a startling number, Jonathan. Absolutely. So what, is, uh, what, are, what are the most common forms of fraud? And, and I know when we were speaking before we came on the air, you, you mentioned that it's not uncommon for these scams to include a tie to a legitimate business or a, or a claimed tie to a legitimate business. Absolutely. If you look at the most common types that we see, you can find email scams, fraudulent payments, and directory fraud. And if you look at uh, directory fraud as a perfect example of those that might pretend to be something else, often you'll get fraudulent uh, yellow pages asking you for a payment. So if, if you look to the Competition Bureau's little black book of scams, Um, directory fraud specifically would be unsolicited advertising and it's obviously one of the most common types of fraud that's committed against small businesses. Sometimes the invoices are actually solicitations asking for listings in an an alternative business directory and often these invoices provide the business with nothing uh, but a specific demand for payment. So We encourage people to carefully inspect the name of the company on the invoice. It might seem familiar, but there are often slight variances from the legitimate directory name. Um, Check to make sure the addresses make sense as well. Uh, Often you'll see international listings. So they will mimic uh, what seems to be or what might be a common invoice or billing or biller, billee in terms of your small business, try and mimic that and alter an account number or something here and there. And uh, suddenly you're paying for, for something in a service that doesn't even exist. Exactly. And there, there's another somewhat similar uh, frequent type of uh, fraud that we see. Uh, if you look at health and safety, and we saw this recently, a member called in to, to get advice from us, which was a good thing. Um, sometimes organizations will look at changes in government regulation and maybe create a false need. For example, they might call and say, oh, you need to update your women's training. And this isn't probably the case. The reality is the government's never going to be calling you to tell you that you need to update your women's training. Um, And although they might actually be offering the service, they're probably charging too much, and you can usually find better options in your local area if it is something that you identify as an organization that you do want to upgrade. 
when we talk about small business and and the idea of being taken advantage by these fraudsters, there are also some things that legitimate businesses have done in the past. And I don't know if this has gone away. When I owned my uh, restaurant, oh God, 16, 17 years ago, we, we would get these negative option billing things where we'd get a solid, solicited for some sort of advertising. And then they'd basically send you an invoice and the only way you could get out of receiving a bill or a follow-up invoice was to send back to them the original invoice and say, we are not interested. Is that something that still happens? We see a lot of things like that happening in, in different uh, various forms. Again, if it's anything like that, we always encourage people to reach out to our business resource counselors. You can call CFIB. I uh, encourage everyone um, to do so uh, if, if you're uh, a member or if, if you're interested in being a member. But we have a bunch of uh, these lists um, that we can go through to figure out whether or not that is still happening. And we can certainly um, do the research necessary to, to find out whether something's legitimate or not. Um, as you mentioned, you know, it, it is still happening and, and people are often spending a lot of money to be diligent though. Um, amongst our members, we found that small businesses are spending nearly $3,000 a year. But even with that still happening, um, the average cost to a business when they're being hit with fraud is over $6,000. And that's uh, just the financial stress, not even the stress, uh, not even accounting for the stress and the hassle, um, lack of, you know, or the decrease in employee morale that's happening um, because of these impacts. And and this is the one of the things fraudsters count on, right, is that people are going to be embarrassed about being victimized and then they they keep it to themselves and they don't share, share with the public, with their colleagues, uh, their competition, that they've been victimized in this faction. Yeah, and that's absolutely the case. If, if you look at our numbers from our research, 44% of small businesses who are victimized by fraud aren't reporting it. So we're really encouraging our members who have been impacted by fraud to contact us, ideally before it becomes a problem, but certainly after as well, because if the the local authorities, regardless of what jurisdiction and um, what level of government um, might be responsible for that, the more they know that this is happening, you know, hopefully the more uh, work and time that they'll put into making sure it uh, ceases in the future. Jonathan, where do we report these uh, cases if we want to be uh, diligent about it and forthright in terms of sharing this? It, it depends on, on what type of fraud is happening. Certainly we encourage people to reach out to us, um, but you can certainly contact the local police and um, hopefully they'll, they'll direct you in the in the right direction. But you can always call us at one 234 2232 Jonathan Allward, he is the Director of Provincial Affairs for the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, the CFIB. We want to thank you for taking some time earlier today to talk about scams and the idea that individuals aren't the only ones that get targeted. So if you own a business, a small business, keep your eyes open for invoices that look like they're from legitimate businesses, but maybe something's just not quite right. They can find their way, these invoices can find their way into the paid pile quite quickly, quite easily, and please report it because so many people are ashamed to do it and the scammers count on you not reporting their crimes.
I guess I should turn my microphone on. 204-780-6868. Maybe that's why they never talk to me. Maybe I say hi. Hi, this is Brett. Before, Because sometimes there's that delay, right, when a telemarketer calls you. And especially if they're calling from overseas, there would be a delay. So maybe I say hi before the call has picked up on their end, and then they've just figured there's no one there. I so, do the countdown backwards. I go, hello, hello, four, three, two, one, goodbye. That's the end of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, 204-780-6868 is the number to call. Have you ever been scammed, be it on a personal level, at work? Has anybody you know ever been scammed, perhaps I don't know, maybe a grandparent or a parent. As we mentioned before, a lot of times it's the elderly who end up getting taken by these scams. Love to hear your story. 204-780-6868. We should also point out in the meantime that we have just received a text message from somebody in North Dakota who is reaffirming what we were saying earlier. The text says, it's pretty ugly, half an hour outside of Grand Forks. Now, we had a tornado warning in effect for the southeastern Grand Forks County. This was as of at about 1.30, so we're just checking to see if that warning is still in effect, but clearly the storm situation is still kind of nasty. That wrapped up uh, 47 minutes ago, Mm. the official warning, but uh, they are uh, very definitely telling you the National Weather Service to keep your eye on the sky. If you're traveling I-29, in particular south of Grand Forks, and we appreciate the text message, this sounds like it's not really a local thing, but we know we have hundreds if not thousands of people traveling into North Dakota from Manitoba every day, and our signal goes all the way to the North Dakota-South Dakota border. It is 248 on 680 CJOB. The number to call once again, 204-780-6868. Your forecast is up next. I'm Brad. He's Greg. We're talking about phone scams. Brendan texts us at 204-780-6868. Hello. I keep an air horn by the phone to use on scammers and telemarketers. They hate it. I've had one guy. (laughs) They hate it. I've had one guy call right back to get it a second time. (laughs) Maybe that's what I should do. I'll just answer the phone. What did I, I think it's the, I I believe it's actually called a Jamaican air horn. It's the, you often hear it in urban songs. uh, Kind of like the uh, Vuvuzela. That's right. (laughs) Kelly, we have a number of calls. Kelly is first up. Kelly, thank you so much for giving us a shout. What do you have to say about scams? Well, in regard to um, having a home-based business, um, I would get a lot of um, these calls that are kind of like long-distance sounding. So you don't know, you know, like when the ring is a little bit different or when you look at the first prefix of the number. And so since my with my consulting business, I'd always have to answer because I wouldn't know if it was a project that I was working on, you know, from a different um, area code, for example. And then what I started finding is I was getting all these, you know, scam phone calls, whether it was the CR's um, Canadian Revenue Agency or, you know, like you want a trip and they play an air horn for you or all these different types of things. And I started getting really frustrated and I um, went through all our phone numbers and did the don't call list, which never helped. They kept on, it was the same numbers we calling. In fact, I took photos of my phone with those numbers. And then what I, and, you know, I tried reporting um, them 
you know, and and doing the best I could online, which is quite an extensive process to try and navigate uh, uh, doing that. And then um, I also talked to MTS or, you know, your phone carriers and, and that and started getting really frustrated. But um, one thing I was able to um, find out, sorry, I'll just get off the, I'll stay on this line. I'll just try and get the other line off. Uh-oh, what's happening here? Uh, oh, sorry about that. Anyways, um, so what I found um, is I took those numbers and I Googled those numbers. And you know what? They've been doing the same scam from that phone number for years. And that I find kind of a little um, disappointing in the fact that, you know, if people have been reporting these scams to the police or to their telephone provider, that they haven't cut off those lines. I think it's you know, a great point. Phone- those phone lines. And so when I Google those numbers, like, you know what, say that CR, um, Canadian Revenue Agency line, they've been reporting from that same phone um, number um, for five years. You can Google those numbers back and people have commented, you know, like on like on, um, like on Google searches and they say, oh, it was uh, this number calling about this and this. And you have a whole list of people doing this. So you know what? Instead of the um, maybe maybe those numbers need to be cut off, and you know because when I was told was reporting, they would say, "Well, we'll just call from another number, and you know it'll keep progressing." But you know what, Kelly? Those are all valid points, and you're right. Why why do they continue to call? Because I have done the same thing where I've googled a phone number and seen that it's been in effect for years. Let's try Elaine up next. Elaine, thank you for your patience. What do you have to say? Um, well, I, I'm more of, uh, uh, what I feel is a scam, and I know there's going to be a lot of your listeners don't agree with me, is, um, and especially with seniors, is the readers, the whole Reader's Digest thing. If you buy this, you'll get a diamond ring. If you buy this, you'll win, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. And when my dad was alive and he was lonely, my mom had passed away, um, he ordered hundreds and hundreds of dollars of books just in the hopes that he would win the Reader's Digest mm-hmm. prize or, or get this special diamond. And uh, and there were books like when we found how many he had hidden away from us on pregnancy and stuff like that, that, like, they, they were, he, he wasn't, certainly wasn't a voracious reader. And I just find that uh, the pressure not just with the, the phone calls to to people, but by some of these companies, it, I don't feel it's ethical. Elaine, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. Walter, I'm afraid we don't have time, uh, but we do thank you for calling, and we thank you for your text, 204-780-6868. On the subject of scams, Global News at 3 o'clock is coming up next. I'm Greg. He's Brett, still getting lots of texts on scams. We'll do our best to get into those as we make our way through the final hour of the program as we make our way towards 4 o'clock. Richard Cloutier back in the building. Julie Buckingham, the news until 7 o'clock on this fine Wednesday afternoon. It is Wednesday after all. Just double-checking. That was a question and a statement. Because <laughs> if it was Thursday, Carolyn Clausen would have been here yes. for the previous half hour. She'll be with us tomorrow. We don't know what we're going to uh, visit with Carolyn about, but uh, we will certainly uh, enjoy our visit nonetheless. Uh, right now, we're welcoming an outstanding individual, someone who's a big part of our community for a long time, and Red River College has uh, re-honoured our next guest. His name is Paul Charette, and he is named 
RRC's 2017 honorary degree recipient, 50 years after graduating from the college, and it is going to happen. The RRC 2017 Spring Convocation Ceremony is happening tonight at the Centennial Concert Hall. Paul joins us now on 680 CJOB. Thank you so much for this for joining us, Paul, and uh, congratulations for this. How, how does this feel to be bestowed with such an honor? Well, good afternoon. It's uh, it's actually a really amazing uh, honor for myself. I, having grown up in North End, Winnipeg, uh, in a pretty poor family environment, and to get the opportunity to have a college education because of a two hundred dollar bursary I received, and and uh, going on to having uh, amazing opportunities presented to me, and uh, this is just a great award. It's very humbling. Um, so I really appreciate what River College is doing this evening. The Civil Technology Program, an outstanding program at Red River. You're a graduate back in 1967. Expand a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about that story, if we're not blowing your speech tonight, about yeah. that $200 bursary from the Women's Auxiliary of West Kildonan and how it changed your life. Well, I, I have to tell you, I pretty much owe my whole career to my, my older sister, uh, I did get this $200 bursary, and I guess, you know, the Women's Auxiliary stayed in, in, in touch with West School and collegiate staff, and I guess they were able to identify people who were struggling financially, and that was certainly our family. And uh, I got this $200 bursary, and I guess being an 18-year-old and not all that uh, familiar with the ways of the world, I thought I should buy a used car. And I phoned my older sister who was living in Lloydminster, and she said, you know, you're being rather stupid. Uh, why don't you go to college? And uh, so I did, and I followed her advice and graduated two years later in uh, in civil technology. 200 bucks. Uh, that's actually pretty good, I would imagine, because I, I, in 1995, I got a, a little scholarship for, I think, $250. So in 1995 versus 1967, 200 bucks is probably a lot of cash. Well, it was. You know, at the time, I was working at a Salisbury house on Goulet at part time, making 65 cents an hour. Um, so $200 meant an awful lot. It was uh, a half year's tuition at the time. And uh, so it uh, it was incredible. And I, I've never forgotten uh, that kindness. And so for me, it's now all about giving back to uh, society and helping other people achieve their dreams. Paul Shred is our guest. He is the 2017 honorary degree recipient, 50 years after graduating from Red River College, 1976. According to your bio here, Paul, you started working for Bird Construction, not to read back your own history to you. Uh, but this is uh, your career at Bird really is an example of working your way up the company ladder. No, absolutely. As I said, um, there were a number of people who intervened in my life and provided me with opportunities. And it's ironic because I was, as I was sitting in room A120 of Red River College back in 1967, Bird were building the what was then called the MIAA building. They had a big tower crane, and I thought, boy, there's a company I want to work for when I graduated. And uh, so I made an application, but they, they didn't hire me in 1967. And uh, so I got to know them about eight or nine years later, working at the Manitoba Rolling Mills on a, on a project from an in- engineering perspective. And uh, so they offered me a job in Regina, and I guess as they say, the, the rest is history. So you, you were hired eventually by this company that you wanted to work for as you were looking up at the crane and, and eventually became the CEO. How long did that take? 
Well, I started in 1976 with Bird, and I was made president and chief operating officer in 1988. And three years later, I was made CEO. So it's been an amazing, amazing career and amazing career opportunity. So now the Paul and Jerry Charette Manitoba Applied Research Chair in Sustainable Construction exists at RRC. It helps 14 students every single year. Talk about that idea and that chair, that research chair. Uh, How does it affect uh, the future prospects of Manitoba and what is its intention, Paul? Yeah, so there, we actually, um, you're, I think you're combining two things. So we have um, a bursary endowment fund uh, that we created back in 19, or 2002 and added to over the years. So that endowment fund um, distributes 14 bursaries every year. And then in 2010, um, because we really wanted students graduating um, with the critical thinking skills that we thought they needed to come into our industry, um, I was approached to help set up a, um, a research chair in sustainable infrastructure. And uh, so we, we agreed to uh, make a million-dollar donation if the Manitoba government matched it. And they did. I have to give the, uh, the government a, a huge amount of credit for being visionary in, in terms of supporting a research chair at River River College. So that fund is a, is a $2 million fund um, supported by myself and the Manitoba government. Now, Paul, I understand that you had to fly in to Winnipeg to accept this award. Where do you call home now? Uh, we live in Oakville, uh, just outside of Toronto, and uh, have been there. Actually, it was considered a temporary move in 1985, and it's a bit of a joke in construction. We always say things are just a temporary move, and all of a sudden you stay there for a long time. So, <laughs> But it was fortunate because I was at the right place at the right time when they were looking for a new president in 1988. And, and uh, it was an amazing opportunity to help rebuild the company from doing $80 million a year in 1988 to over a billion dollars by the time I retired. Well, you're a critical part of the history of Manitoba and the prosperity that has uh, has followed the prosperity of bird construction. So we appreciate it very much, and congratulations one more time. You know, I, I really, I really appreciate uh, you calling. And just on one last note, um, you, you know, the the 14 recipients uh, that get our bursaries every year, we hear their stories, and it's it's what everybody should hear is how much you can help change a person's life by giving back. And for all your listeners, I certainly would encourage them to do the same thing if they have the financial wherewithal to do it. Well, you know, you know, Paul, I'm just going to ask you, uh, sort of on the air here, if we wanted to to talk to any of these students, how would we go about doing that? Is there a way that we can get in touch with uh, somebody in your in oh, your fund? Well, actually, absolutely. Just phone the uh, River River College. Uh, if you start with uh, a lady by the name of uh, Jackie Warbuck. Okay. Uh, she is. She will receive um, the applications, and her her department. So between herself and Patty uh, Johansson, um, they do an amazing job of uh, screening the recipients and recommending um, our our recipients uh, on an annual basis. So, um, and and they vary in size from three thousand dollars to five thousand dollars. So oh, wow. it Paul. makes. I think it makes a big difference. And but you know what. Um, it is, it's so heartwarming to hear their stories, and we've had people all the way from 
Kenya to come to Canada and receive uh, a bursary and we have a few other bursaries at other colleges and we had a young lady from Eritrea that has just an amazing story at Bow Valley College. Uh, so it's uh, it's really rewarding for us and the reward for us is is hearing these stories and, and being part of uh, helping change a person's life. Thanks for coming home today, Paul. Thanks for all you do for uh, your home city and your home province uh, in spite of uh, living in Ontario, which we do not hold against you in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I, I still cheer for the Jets and the Bombers. So. <laughs> that a boy, Paul. We really appreciate that. Uh, wonderful to make your acquaintance over the phone today and uh, all the best, well-deserved honour uh, being bestowed upon you tonight. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate the phone call and the opportunity to talk to you. All right, Paul. Have fun tonight. The... 2017 honorary degree recipient from Red River College, 50 years after graduating from the college in 1967 in the Civil Technology Program. He went on to be the CEO of Bird Construction. Traffic and weather together is coming up next. I'm chuckling at CNN right now. They have the countdown clock on for James Comey's testimony before Congress at Sits at 16 hours, 39 minutes, 22 seconds. Yep. Noticing on Twitter that people are planning their day tomorrow, planning to go to sports bars across the United States to take in the testimony tomorrow. I don't know. People are expecting expecting something earth-shattering tomorrow. There's a promo. Comey testifies. (laughs) Watch it live. Wow, they're really hyping this. Uh, You know, this this is where I think uh, that uh, news television and cable news gets a bad rap. Yeah, because they do stuff like this and then they deserve the bad rap for hyping things like this. It's not like we're 17 hours away from Donald Trump not being president anymore. Yeah. Just James Comey going to give some testimony from his perspective. Well, and on the flip side, though, CNN is they're clamoring for eyeballs on their channel like everybody they else. Are. They're a 100%. business and yep. they're, they're, they need to appeal to their their base and, and make it exciting. They need mm-hmm. to make it appointment television. I don't necessarily agree with that because you're right, it's news, it's not entertainment per se. They're kind of turning it into a circus act, but at the same time, they need people to tune in. We have some stuff to give away. Got to do this quickly. It involves Wonder Woman. I'm not even going to play the clip today. We don't quite have time. I'll just ask you the question. We have, first of all, run of engagement passes for the movie for Cineplex Theatres. They're valid Monday to Thursday, excluding holidays. Question. The phone's already ringing? Oh, somebody has called in on a different line. Don't give the prize to that line. Thank you. When did Wonder Woman make her comic book debut? In what comic book and which issue? 204-780-6868. When did Wonder Woman make her comic book debut? In what comic book and which issue? 204-780-6868. We'll have a quick peek at the forecast in two minutes. 338. Wednesday afternoon, the clouds rolling in a little bit, still warm out there, expecting a terrific uh, Thursday and Friday sunny sky. Uh, both days, highs of about 27 degrees. He's Brett, I'm Greg, and Brett last summer drove the kids out to the Okanagan for a week of vacation, and the drive home, always worse than the drive there. <laughs> takes Feels like it takes forever to get home, and it's always great to... See the perimeter highway and know that you're about a half hour from your home. I can't imagine what it was like for our next guest. 57-year-old Winnipeg grandmother completes 40% of her run-walk cycle across Canada. Her name is Patty Queering. She arrived in Winnipeg around 1 o'clock today, and she joins us now on Mackling and McGarry. So, Patty, what was it like to see that Welcome to Winnipeg sign 
<laughs> it's great to be home. <laughs> it's been a long journey, and it's uh, 40% through, but I'm excited about having a little rest and then onward to Nova Scotia. Three-day drive home from Kelowna was bad enough. You left <laughs> Vancouver on April 13th. <laughs> I did. <laughs> what took you so long? Yeah, no kidding. Eh? <laughs> so tell us, uh, how have you made your way across Western Canada so far? What have you done on foot? What have you done on bike? What have you done? Well, yeah, a uh, combination of all three, jogging, walking, and cycling. I did start in uh, BC and realized the trend for jogging uh, was a little bit more uh, trying than I expected. I'm actually a marathon runner. And so I took my bike as uh, a backup, uh, but ended up uh, walking up the mountains and riding down the mountains. And that's been really successful and uh, a lot less injuries along the way by doing it that way. How so? Uh, Jogging is uh, not very um, kind to your feet and your legs. You can get a lot of different shin splints and blisters and things like that. So um, it's a little bit, uh, same locomotion with cycling and walking, but a little bit less uh, hard on the legs. Now, April 13th was a very special day. Why did you pick that date to start your journey? Yeah, you bet. Um, a year ago, my husband died of cirrhosis of the liver, and uh, that's one of the organizations uh, for charity that I'm hoping to raise, uh, raise awareness. And also Adult and Teen Challenge for, for Preventative to help people uh, not fall into addiction, but find some help and, uh, you know, get some uh, passion uh, turned from their pain and to move forward and grow and get healthier. What sort of reception have you gotten from people thus far as you've been traversing Canada? Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, it seems like a lot of people have either had experience in these areas or they have family or friends. Um, 40% of the population is addicted to something, um, including your iPhone. And uh, so I'd like to just uh, help people to um, focus on growing and uh, getting some counsel and help and doing it in community and relationships. You know, condolences on the passing of your of your husband, Henry. You. But uh, one year later to be emotionally and physically in a situation where you can do this, that's uh, quite remarkable. Uh, congratulations. How did you manage to get ready for this in uh, such a, a, a short period of time and with everything else that has happened in your mm-hmm. life in the last year or so? Oh, sometimes therapy is good if you use it um, uh, for helping uh, your pain. So... Um, I've had a couple of other tragedies in my life and have learned to uh, uh, focus my energies on uh, trying to get well and helping others in the in the journey. I, I was doing some marathons for Salo Mission and uh, Team Challenge, etc. My uh, sister, who was 39, passed uh, uh, a while back uh, from uh, uh, crack addiction, and uh, my dad actually committed suicide when I was 13. So. I've had kind of some tragedies over the 10, 20 years. Every 10, 20 years, something happens. And I've learned that uh, the only way to survive and move forward is to uh, use everything in your power that you can to uh, just keep moving forward. And one of them is exercise. So uh, I, I want to do this to inspire people and to help people hear that it's possible to move forward and get out of um, dark places in life. When are you hoping to be done? This uh, I, this march across Canada. Yeah, originally we were going to be done in October, but uh, because it's been very uh, successful, um, we are going to finish on September the 23rd. Outstanding. How did you get the time mm-hmm. off work? 
Oh, I quit. Not <laughs> <laughs> a girl, Patty. What are you going to do? Just quit. <laughs> yeah, took six months off and uh, not sure what I'll be doing after that, but uh, 25 years of um, retail management is uh, behind me now and uh, I'll probably move into counseling, life coaching, etc. I suspect you won't have any difficulty after accomplishing this. Uh, so proud of you. Thanks for taking yeah. time on your way through Winnipeg. And Thank I know you. it'll be difficult to leave Winnipeg in the rearview mirror, but we'll, yeah. we'll look forward to having you back home uh, late in September. Awesome. Thank you so much. And please, everyone, be inspired. And, uh, oh, if anybody wants to help out, i got a GoFundMe page on my website, uh, RockTheNation, R-W-A-L-K, thenation.ca. Okay, Patty, thank you so much. Once again, that is R Walk, so the letter R, walkthenation.ca to find more information on Patty Queering. She has arrived in Winnipeg today. She began in Vancouver on April 13th and is continuing to make her way across Canada in support of the Canadian Liver Foundation and Adult and Teen Challenge. You could say she is a bit of a Wonder Woman doing this journey and congratulations go out to Valerie Popovich who is today's Wonder Woman prize winner she won herself a pair of run of engagement passes to see the movie at Cineplex and the question was when did Wonder Woman make her comic book debut in what comic book and which issue the answer December 1941 All-Star Comics number 8 congratulations Valerie glad to see that this is going to a fan and we are going to have a look uh, did I see a, another prize sheet in there? Does Jeff Ford, mm-hmm. we have more stuff? We have bonus prizes. We'll give those away in our final segment. We're going to have a look at traffic and weather together in a moment. June 11th, the Royal Canadian Mountain Police, the musical ride coming to Winnipeg at Assiniboia Downs. We have tickets. But you need to know, when did the RCMP musical ride start? It's very first date, not the exact day of the year. Which year did the... Musical ride begin. 204-780-6868. Oh, I open them now. Give us a call. 204-780-6868. Jeffrey Forche would be thrilled to give you, I think it's four tickets to see the RCMP musical ride at the Cinnaboy Downs on June 11th. Julie Buckingham is here. Richard Cloutier is here. I galloped in, actually. I, we heard that. Okay. That's good. Thanks. Was that Cloutier? There, doing his horse impression? It is. Mm, nay. Welcome back there, Rick. Thank you. Another, Again. Another one graduated. Why, were you here yesterday? I no? was here yesterday. Oh. He wasn't. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Some of us come YouTube. five days in a row. That's <laughs> terrible, you two. Yeah, I'm, I'm popping in. I'm here for the rest of the week. Oh. Yes, I am here for the rest sure, of the week. sure, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Anyway, good yeah. to have you. Yeah. So what are you working on? Stuff. Stuff. I see you worked on a bag. I see you worked on a bag of salt and vinegar chips out Not there. Me. None didn't left touch for, for Brett or I, but that's okay. I didn't have one. That's okay. I'm Good on. You. I'm on grapes and blueberries today, so I'm on the Cluche diet. What's uh, in store for us from four till seven today, Rich? There's uh, a lot of fine programming coming up, uh, and there's that vote, that QP vote. I think we're all expecting. QP 500 to get a strike mandate from its members and uh, the next step in that process. We haven't had a strike here since 1919 of city workers. Uh, that date rings a bell. For it does, time. doesn't it? Yeah. And, and I reckon that that's not going to happen, but they want a, a very strong mandate to go back to the bargaining table. So Global News reporter Christian O'Mell is uh, monitoring that and is talking to some of the folks that are voting right now. Uh, he will join us throughout the, the show from 4 until 7. 
some interesting conversations about the airline industry as well. That's right. We have uh, Aaron McCrory joining us. He's Transport Canada's Director General of Civil, Civil Aviation. They've had a fit to fly workshop uh, as a result of some of the fallout of, of the incidents involving air crews and, and drinking. Uh, aside from that, I'll ask him a little bit about um, fatigue and what they're doing to try and potentially, because I think this is a bigger problem, deal with the issue of, of fatigue in flight crews um, and reducing their duty day. So that's another one of the stories that we'll be following. Uh, Darren Dunn will join us as we get set for our uh, Big do the downs evening today. So more on that and how you can learn how to bet and all of that kind of good fun stuff. Well, RCMP night at uh, Cinnabon Downs tonight, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What's it called? Uh, a Quebec stop sign? You just roll through the stop sign? That's kind of one of the monikers. Oh, involved, yeah. Well, right? the Idaho stop. Or the, the Idaho stop. The Idaho stop, yeah. Well, Global News has obtained some video of uh, intersection in downtown Winnipeg where people are just rolling through. It's stoptional. On an ongoing basis, it's being treated more as a yield than a stop sign. Mm. And uh, so we'll talk a bit about that. Are there bicycles involved in this intersection? This is actually, inter- well, this is vehicles. Cyclists are the worst, right? They never follow the rules. We're, we're, and I'm a cyclist. I will admit to blowing through some stop signs in that way. Are you yeah. a cyclist or just a, a spin cyclist? I'm a cyclist as well. I'm doing a cycle. Yeah, he's doing a sin cycle. On the weekend. What? Uh, a Cinnabon bun cycle. Like that, they get on their bikes and ride from place to place eating cinnamon buns. That sounds fun. It does actually. Which is intersection? A fundraiser? I, I don't know. Is it a fundraiser? What's the downtown intersection, by the way? I guess you probably can't tell us that. Can you tell us what time <laughs> you're going to tell us that? Five o'clock. Okay. I'll tell you all about it on the... He didn't answer. Is it a five. fundraiser or just a fun raiser? It's uh, it's fun. Eating cinnamon buns. Yeah. Okay. You're outing me all the time on this stuff. <laughs> this is what we do. These are the vacuums <laughs> oh, of honesty. Man. And vacuums if you're not prepared honesty. to be honest into the microphone between one and four, there's no sense coming in the studio. That's, all right. It's just it's one of the stipulations that's posted. Not clearly at really? all it's on the really door. It's really just because I'm jealous because I, I think no it does idea. sound fun. Father Mackling. <laughs> My goodness. And you Minister know Mackling. You know, it's awesome. The Minister and McGarry. I love to turn off Richard's... Microphone when he's in the middle of saying you stuff. Can turn my mic off. Yeah. You can't shut me down. Yeah, just shut you down, Rich. Okay. We have tickets free, to give away. Free. Oh wait, wait, what? We have uh, famous duos to to give away tickets to. You see the Simon and Garfunkel story. Or Faith and uh, Faith and uh, Tim. Who's he married? Who's she married to? It's Tim McGraw. <laughs> are they in town tonight? They are in town tonight. Are you going? I am not going. I'd love to go to at least half of that concert anyway. I've seen. I've seen Can the. You guess which I've half? Seen, I'd I've like seen to the see. good half. Oh, you've seen Faith. No, I've seen Tim. I was going to offer you another ticket because I'm going until you turn my mic off. Yeah, that's all right. Now, now, now I'm turning everybody's off, mic right. off because I suspect we're out of time, Brett. Did Richard leave? Yeah, he's gone. I'm Brett. Uh, he's Greg, Julie Buckingham, Richard Clute, the news from 4 until 7. Jeff Forte, the master control with a big smile on his face as always. Thank you, sir, and thank you for listening to Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB.